You are Locked On Raptors, your daily Toronto Raptors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to episode 25 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, November 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com and TSN Radio in Toronto. You can find me on Twitter, at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well, at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to all of my work on Facebook. Just search at Sean Woodley Raptors on Facebook to find and like my page. And if you have any questions or comments about the show or would like to advertise with the show, you can always send an email to LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find team-specific shows for all 30 NBA teams as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke, all aggregated together on the Locked On NBA Podcast channel on iTunes. We are the fastest-growing podcast network on the planet, so you should definitely check it out. Find a show that you enjoy. There's no shortage of content for you to dabble in, so find something you like and uh, stick with it. And you know you can subscribe to individual shows on iTunes as well if you find one that you especially like. Uh, you can do that with Locked On Raptors. Actually, you can subscribe uh, separately, both on iTunes and Stitcher. If you enjoy the show, want to support it, the easiest way possible to do that is leave a reviewer rating on the page to help other people discover the show and help boost it up the rankings. I uh, would really appreciate any feedback that can come through on that uh, that end of things. Uh, on today's show, we're looking ahead to the first half of the Raptors back-to-back from hell against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Raptors come in at 7-2. and two. They rank 4th in offense right now, uh, 11th in defense so far. The 11th is a lot higher than I think most people expected coming into the season. They're very close to top 10. I think they're like half a point behind the Milwaukee Bucks for 10th. Uh, Cleveland is, of course, rolling. They're 8-1. and one. They, they lost last week to the Hawks in their first loss of the season. Uh, they have the league's third most efficient offense right now. They rank ninth in defense, one of just a few teams that rank in the top 10 in both categories. Just a really great start for the Cavs, who seem really unburdened and look like they're just kind of having fun and playing together. The chemistry seems right, finally, which wasn't really the case over the last couple years. Um, and they just seem like they're really clicking, and they seem like they are you know, not you know, weighed down by the Warriors and having to... You know, prove themselves. They already have that title in the bag, and playing with the title is apparently a lot easier than uh, and a lot more, a lot less stressful, I guess, than what they were dealing with last season. Um, and one of the guys who's been really outstanding to this point has been Kevin Love, uh, sort of the whipping boy for the last couple of seasons. But so far, he's averaging 21 and 10, bit of an increase in usage for him this season uh, from the one he managed to post last year, up like three and a half percentage points. And, he, you know, last season he was mostly just a spot-up guy relegated to the corners. Not so much the case this year. The Cavs seem to be looking for him to help carry the offensive load a lot more. Um, and to talk about Kevin Love's great start, I'd like to welcome in from Locked On Cavaliers, uh, Chris Manning. He's going to sort of give you a rundown on what's changed for Kevin Love this season. Hey, everyone. This is Chris Manning from Locked On Cavaliers. So Kevin Love is a guy who I think has gone under the biggest transformation amongst any of the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. If you're wondering what is different about the Cleveland Cavaliers in year three of the second LeBron era, it's how Kevin Love is playing and really how Kevin Love looks. Uh, in year three, Kevin Love, first off, looks just more comfortable. I mean, I've, I've said this a ton of times on my show, but I think of this game last year where they're playing the Kings and he hit this go-ahead three, and as Kyrie and JR are celebrating, he looks miserable. He just he doesn't He's coming off the court with his head held low. He hits this big three to put them up in a game that they had sort of struggled in and would ultimately win. And he just looks miserable coming off the court. This year, you're not seeing that love. Like the rest of the team, you see, you're seeing a guy who is unburdened by, I think, winning the title. Right now, through nine games, he's averaging 20.6 points. He's averaging 10 boards. He's basically getting a double-double every night. Even on Sunday, 
against the Hornets in a Cavs win where he didn't play the fourth quarter, this guy put up a double-double. He's playing really, really well. He's been active on defense. He looks healthier over the summer. He did talk about how he is a little bit healthier because he got to work out this summer. He wasn't coming off an injury. But just in general, he is a happier, better player. Secondly, the Cavs are using him differently. You look at how they're actually using him. This is sort of, I think, what we expected to see out of Love when he came over to Cleveland from the Wolves. Is he going to be Minnesota Kevin Love again? No, he's not going to hit that 28.8% usage rate that he hit in his last season with the Wolves, but he's back up to 26.6. That is the highest of his Cavs career by about 3%. It was up a little bit higher even than that earlier in the season. His shooting, true shooting percentage is actually above where it was uh, during his Wolves, or right below it during one of his good seasons with the Wolves. It's equal to what his he was when he was 23 in his second All-Star season, and the Cavs are using him with bench lineups. Now, how Tyron Lewis managing the rotation means that we're not seeing love with these specific units all the time. We're not seeing him with the same players, but he's playing with him on Shumpert. He's really lessening him on Shumpert's burden by being a hub on offense. He's feasting on opposing teams, and he's just having a really good year. This is a Kevin Love, the kind of Kevin Love I think we saw during parts of the first two years, but have not seen consistently. Now we're seeing him unburdened by the title. Now we're seeing the Cavs feeling comfortable using him in a different way. We're seeing the Kevin Love, the type of Kevin Love that the Cavs gave up Andrew Wiggins to get. This is a guy who is a star. He, I think he's going to be an all-star this year. I think he maybe has been the second best player on the team behind LeBron. He's been certainly consistent, and I think he's only going to get better. If you look at how he's playing right now, he's only shooting 43% from the field, 42.9% to be exact, 33.3% from three. I think at least that, that overall field goal percentage is going to go up. He's going to get close up to... Maybe 45%. You know, he's never shot better than 47% for his career. But he can get up higher. He can definitely be a better player. Get that true shooting percentage up a little bit more as well. And I think you're just going to see a Kevin Love on Tuesday night for the rest of the year that is just playing at a different level than he has before since he's put on the wine and gold. Okay, thanks to Chris Manning, who you can follow on Twitter at CWMWrites for that little rundown on Kevin Love. If you want to hear me sort of giving a similar Coles Notes style uh, clip uh, on DeMar DeRozan, you can check out uh, Locked on Cavs. I just talked about DeRozan's excellent start and how it's happened and whether it's sustainable. Uh, so yeah, check out Locked on Cavs with Chris and subscribe to that show as well on, on iTunes. Uh, let's get to tonight's matchup, though, and my three things to watch. First up, Damari Carroll. Will he play? Uh, apparently he's traveled with the team to Cleveland, and it's curious to me. He he's obviously going to be playing, you know, one half of back-to-backs. It seems to be that way at least. We only have one back-to-back to sort of infer that from, but it seems to be the plan at least in the early going with Carroll, trying to limit his minutes, trying to limit his exposure and trying to limit just the 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 stress being put on that knee that he's obviously still not totally recovered from. So he traveled with the team and uh that's curious to me. Um just the way that this back-to-back is set up. I honestly would think that you know if I was Greg Popovich or something like that, or if I if, if Dwayne Casey was a little bit more, uh, you know, open to resting guys, which he's never really been in the past, this might be a situation where the Raptors just kind of throw this game in Cleveland. You would think that maybe the better opportunity to get a win over the course of these two games would be the second half of the back-to-back against the Warriors, who are amazing, no doubt, but they're still sort of working out their defense, and it's at home. The Raptors are really good at home. They give the Warriors trouble when they're. You know, they give them trouble everywhere, essentially. Like they, they Last season, two of their best games were losses to the Warriors, but uh, they played really well, and they give the Warriors problems, and you would think maybe that's the game that they can steal out of these two. 
but it is the second day of the back-to-back, and they'll be tired. You know, maybe in, in a perfect world, the Raptors rest some guys tonight. Maybe they don't start Kyle Lowry. Maybe Fred Van Vliet gets some run as a backup point guard tonight, and the Raptors just roll out a B team and really save up their energy to play the Warriors tomorrow. That's a dangerous game to play, obviously, because you're putting a lot more on that Warriors game, and you know winning becomes a lot more important if you lose this one tonight. And I don't know, it, it's it's definitely difficult to play like that ten ten games into the season. But it seems like everyone's going to play tonight, um, and Carroll traveled with the team, so that would seem to imply that he's going to play. Blake Murphy was tweeting about this uh, a little earlier, and just he pointed out that it seems weird that Carroll would travel and not play against the Cavs. I'd probably save him for the Warriors game just to have someone with fresh legs, even though his legs aren't not you know typically all that fresh to begin with. But you know, just to have someone who didn't play the night before to give you a guy who you can put up against Kevin Durant. Uh, that might be what I would do with Carroll, but if he's in Cleveland, it seems like he might play tonight. Maybe they limit his minutes seriously. Maybe they play him like 18 minutes both nights. Who knows? I'm not really sure what the plan is here, but uh, I think we'll get more clarity on that over the next couple days. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see how Carroll fares, how he looks with the next, with the extra rest. He obviously hasn't played since Friday now, so uh, maybe that'll be uh, a, a boon to Carroll. Maybe he'll be able to you know have a little bit quicker feet and be able to stay in front of a guy like LeBron James more than he has up to the point this up to this point this season. You know, he did play well against LeBron in their first meeting. LeBron kind of coasted through that game. I would say he ended up with like twenty one nine and seven or something crazy like that, but. He didn't look like he was totally, you know, in total FU mode, really. He he, he kind of coasted, and Carroll looked pretty good guarding him. But again, if LeBron was going full bore, who knows how that would have looked. But that's one thing to watch today. The second thing for me to watch today is Lucas Nogueira. Uh, I'm curious to see if he's going to play more than Jonas Valanciunas again. Um, like Bismack Biombo, he kind of seems to be better suited to some defensive matchups than JV is. Uh, and you saw over the course of the weekend, the Raptors did a lot of stuff where they were trying to bring hard doubles on guys and trapping guys like Kemba Walker on Friday. Um, and if the Raptors feel like they want to try to trap Kyrie Irving or bring hard doubles on LeBron or Kevin Love, maybe they use Bebe uh, in this role once again, and maybe they he plays more than JV again. Um, I mean, I tend to think the best way to guard the Cavs is to just kind of play them straight up as much as possible. Don't toy around with you know getting help defenders getting too far away from shooters because once there's an unmarked guy on the perimeter... That's when the Cavs really become lethal with their ball movement and LeBron's ability to fire any pass anywhere he wants on the floor. So maybe that's maybe JV will play this game more. I'm not really sure. He does tend to do well against guys like Tristan Thompson, who are you know shot blocking and rim running bigs who don't you know stretch the floor at all. I'm not sure we'll see any like these creative lineups with you know Kevin Love at center and LeBron at the four. If that happens, I think we'll definitely see more Patrick Patterson and Bebe playing center, and JV might be the odd man out there. But um, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Casey seems like he's growing trust with Lucas Nogueira. Obviously, Jakob Pertl played the first game against the Cavs. He doesn't look like he's in the rotation at this point now that Bebe's playing so well, which makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bebe go down, sorry, Pertl go down to the D-League pretty soon to get some run uh, with, with the Raptors 905. Um, but Bebe, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Casey's trust continues to grow with him, if they opt to go with him in the closing lineup, for example. He does offer a bit more of, an, uh, of, a, of a lob threat that Balanchunas doesn't really offer if they're looking for easy buckets. They had a one play out of a timeout on the Saturday, on Saturday against the Knicks where I think there was like three minutes left and they ran a play, just a simple pick and roll with Lowry and, B- and Bebe, and it was a really easy dunk, and it's easy points that the Raptors can get in clutch moments. So maybe they opt for Bebe in, cl- in crunch time again. I think we'll probably end up seeing Norman Powell close this game as well. 
He's been closing games lately, even when Carroll has played. Carroll has not really seen the floor in the fourth quarter, uh, and Powell's been sort of the, the Roberto Osuna of the, of, the, uh, of the Raptors coming in to close games out, so interested to see that. And the third thing for me to watch, I guess DeMar Rosen at this point, is just kind of can't-miss TV. Um, it's been a couple days, there's been some nice stories written about him. Uh, Rob Mahoney wrote about DeMar for SI. Um, and I think there was a piece on uh, Sportsnet as well about DeMar. A lot about DeMar over the last couple days here. He's been awesome. Josh Lewenberg actually wrote a piece about DeMar. That's the one I'm thinking of. Check that one out from Josh as well. Um, just DeMar is a, is the talk of the league right now. Still leading the league in scoring, 34 points a game. Just a ridiculous clip he's putting up so far. And uh, I, I'm interested to see, are the Cavs maybe going to throw LeBron on him this time around? Maybe they, you know, I mean, J.R. Smith is a pretty good defender in his own right, and maybe they just, you know, ask, ask J.R. to lock in on DeRozan, but didn't seem to really phase him in the first game the Raptors played against Cleveland. I, it's fascinating. I'm not sure who can stop DeMar right now unless DeMar just kind of stops himself by getting a little bit more cute with his shots and maybe resorting more to the, you know, fall away, fade away, off balance, jump shot sort of thing that got him in trouble in the past. Unless he starts going to that more, I'm not really sure what's going to stop DeMar right now. He's been just unbelievable. And if he can get 9 out of his first 10 games with 30-plus points, uh, I'm not sure which arbitrary record that will tie. Maybe that's something Jordan never did. I'm not really sure. Well, I guess we'll find out during the game tonight. Um, and he's already at 8 games with 30-plus points. The last, uh, last season, he put up 14 of those games over the course of 78 regular season games. So he's well on his way to blowing that mark away. And... Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing if the Cavs have a way to stop DeMar tonight because no one has so far this season. Time for my game day pick against the spread. I'm 5-4 and four coming into tonight's game. Uh, obviously forfeiting the game on Sunday, on Saturday against the Knicks when I totally forgot to tweet my pick out. Uh, the Cavs right now are favored by 6 at home. Makes a lot of sense considering how they're playing and considering they are playing at the queue. I'm going to take the Raptors to cover, though. Um... I do think they'll lose, but I think it'll be another close one. Obviously, the first game these two teams played, the Raptors lost uh, by three in a really tightly contested, very ugly game where both teams didn't shoot well. Both teams had a lot of turnovers. Um, I can really see the Raptors going out to try and win this one. Uh, you know, knowing the Warriors are waiting for them tomorrow in what's probably a schedule loss, um, maybe they think this is the best chance. If they're going to play Carroll tonight, maybe they do think this is the best opportunity to steal a win uh, from this little stretch here. Um, you know, if the Raptors go 0-2 in these two games, it's it's fine. That's expected, and they'll still be 7-4, and and they'll go on the road and have, you know, some pretty easy teams they're going to play. they got Denver, they have the Kings coming up. I think they have the Clippers on this up, up, upcoming trip, which is not easy because the Clippers are playing maybe the best basketball in the league right now. But even so, if the Raptors end up 7-4 and after these two games here, which is just a weird quirk in the schedule. I'm not sure how something like this happens where you have the Cavs on the road and then home to the Warriors the next night, but... Uh, nothing you can do about it, and if the Raptors think tonight's the best opportunity, maybe they go all out. I think they'll lose, but I think it'll be close, maybe a one or two possession game. So yeah, I'll take the Raptors to cover that six-point spread that's in favor of Cleveland right now. That's all I have for you today. Looking forward to the game tonight. We'll obviously be back tomorrow to talk about it. We'll preview the Warriors game as well. I'm going to try to hook up with Blake Murphy before the game tomorrow. This might be It might be a podcast for Wednesday. It might be a Thursday show, but... Blake will be on the show at some point this week. Uh, we'll have lots of fun stuff coming your way. Going to try to reach out to the Denver guys for a show on Friday as well to tee up the Raptors and Nuggets game. Lots of stuff coming down the pipe. Um, read stuff that I'll be writing over at Raptors HQ. We'll have a game preview. I'm writing about Dwayne Casey right now for the site as well. 
So feel free to check that stuff out. Uh, obviously, you can find all this stuff on Twitter at Woodley Sean for me. The show is at Locked On Raptors. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Rate, review, would really appreciate any and all feedback uh, at this point just to help us boost up the rankings. So anything you can do is is greatly appreciated in that in that regard. Um, if you ever want to advertise with the show, feel free to email LockedOnRaptors at gmail.com. I'll get back to you as soon as I can with that. Um, and yeah, always feel free to touch base with me if you have comments, questions, or any concerns about the show, anything you want to hear or don't want to hear. Um, so we'll be back again tomorrow to talk about the Raptors and Cavs tonight. And we'll preview Raptors-Warriors. Uh, it's going to be a fun one either way. These next two games are a challenge, but they'll be a lot of fun, and they'll be a nice test to see where the Raptors are at in the early going this season. They're 7-2. and two. They've had some good wins. They've had some wins over teams that they should beat. And a loss to the Kings, a team that they probably shouldn't have lost to. But uh, these two games will be telling, I think. And they don't mean everything. They're not the end of the world if they don't go well. But they'll be a fun matchup and fu- a fun pair of matchups nonetheless. So until tomorrow, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon.